And it's community story time as we do every Wednesday at 1030. And today we are talking about a big community event. It's the 51st annual traditional Makato Wachipi. And this morning with me, I have a couple of folks who are involved in this. And that is Dan Zelski, who is the chairperson of the Wachipi. And Alice DeYoung, who is the Wachipi Powwow's Volunteer Service Learning Coordinator. Good morning, both of you. Good morning. Good morning. So, Dan, you're now the official chairperson. How have things been going so far? Well, uh, been a little bit uh, uh, somewhat difficult in the changeover and things, but just, you know, you got little hurdles you got to make it through, and so that's what we've been doing all year. So, folks who don't know, uh, Dave Braveheart used to be the chairperson correct for that is correct dave braveheart was our chairperson for many i think years. it was seven years or so yeah. and then he and passed away of it was at als of als yeah here in, sadly i believe in may yeah it was yeah. springtime yeah so now we're taking over and we're having the big event coming up on the next weekend already isn't it the September 15th through the 17th in the Land of Memories Park. Let's talk a little bit about the event. What can we expect this year? Similar things or different? Dan, what are we looking at? Uh, well, the powwow itself is, uh, it, it basically stays somewhat the same, but there's always little changes. For example, <coughs> this year on Friday night at uh, 6.45, roughly 15 minutes before grand entry, we're going to have a grass dance for the first time uh, in our powwow history that I can remember anyway and stuff. And uh, the grass dance is actually, th this whole idea came to us when a gentleman uh, came up to the city of Mankato, uh, in particular uh, Joel Grabanowski, who is the head of the parks department and stuff, and they says, you know you're not supposed to be cutting the grass in the circle. And he was like, I've never heard that. So he gave me a call, and I said, well, I've never heard that. <laughs> and so I talked to a couple of different people, and it became obvious right away uh, with, when I talked with Jerry Dearly and, and uh, uh, Bill Taylor that we were dealing with a grass dancer. And uh, well, what does, what is the, So cutting the grass in a circle, what does that mean? And I'm not sure what you're referring to. Mowing. Oh, actually, just so physically mowing. Physically mowing. So you're not supposed to cut the grass? Well, as Bill Taylor said, if they would have had lawnmowers in the 1800s, <laughs> they would have probably mowed the grass. Okay. <laughs> but uh, the, the, the idea is, is uh, and, and uh, I've learned since, uh, that uh, with Sundance, too, um, we don't cut the grass for about three weeks, four weeks beforehand so that it grows up a little bit okay. because if it's really short and stubby, it can hurt your feet if you're out there barefooted or in a very light moccasin and stuff like this. But the idea of the grass dance um, isn't just to go out and stomp the grass down. The idea is, is the grass dancers will go out there and then they, they will in their in their minds and in their spirits they will prepare themselves for all of the possible things that could go wrong at a powwow and they they think about them and then as they do the dance they try to push all that negativity into the ground because mother earth can take care of it and and just 
and wash it away for us. So you won't mow the gr- the grass won't be mowed then. Is that what you're saying? The, the grass is not will not be mowed for three three weeks here. I called in at uh, about two weeks ago and said, uh, "Hold Please. the mowing." Okay, <laughs> and so so then they basically trample it down with their feet and push it in. Is that kind yeah, of? yeah. It just it it what like I said what it does especially with uh, like I say Sundance or other types of uh, ceremonies is if it's really short and stubby um, it can hurt the feet. That makes sense. I mean I was thinking back when we were kids uh, after you cut the hay field it would really hurt if you tried to run on that. So I guess it it makes sense right? So that's going to happen before the grand entrance on Friday? Yes it'll happen uh, at 645 and uh, we'll we'll do our grass dance and then at 7 o'clock on Friday will be the first of the grand entries. The second of the grand entries will be Saturday at noon. The third will be Saturday at 7 o'clock. Oh, sorry, 1 o'clock. Okay. Um, You can pitch in any time. That's fine. The uh, third is 7 o'clock and then on Sunday at 1 o'clock again. Let's talk about what are the grand entrances. What do they mean? What's the the meaning in? Well, the grand entrance is the bringing in of everybody who is there. And there's a specific order of how they come in. Uh, first come in the, the flags and staffs uh, and then will come in the uh, uh, what we call our royalty and stuff. So Miss, Man- Miss Makato and Junior oh. Miss Makato and, and, and the others. And then uh, uh, after they come in and, and like that then the men's uh, first of the men's dancers will come in. And then they'll go from the men's to the women's to the children, and then all the last ones to come in are called the tiny tots, and they're the the kids that are usually under five, six years old, and that's the all of the cute little ones that everybody likes to see in their regalia and stuff like that, and that's when all the grandmas are really proud of their <laughs> grandchildren. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Mm-hmm. Now it's the 51st annual Makado traditional powwow. Why did it start? Let's go a little bit of the history. Why did it start 51 years ago? Well, it actually started uh, in 1972 as the first powwow. Okay. Um, but 10 years previously to that, uh, Bill or uh, Bud Lawrence yep. and Jim Buckley and Amos Owen were working trying to get something going here for reconciliation. Uh, from what had happened because previously before that natives would very much stay away from Mankato. They were told uh, that they were told the stories of the hanging and stuff and so natives would only travel through Mankato at night. They wouldn't get out of their car. They would just go straight through. They wouldn't stop for gas, wouldn't anything like that. Um, Literally even St. Peter kind of got a bit of that as well. Was it because of like spiritual something or what i mean what they're is afraid of getting killed oh so even that to, to those yeah years I, later. It, wow. I mean as late as uh uh i think it was 87 i know of a there used to be a little gas station restaurant on the top of uh the uh south bend's little hill as you you leave there and uh, a native couple came in uh and stuff and they were literally beat up by the people in the uh, in there, and that and that's as late as '87. Uh, in '92, we had a group of uh, 
<clears throat> of our uh, Mankato bikers um, and stuff. Uh, we had some younger women at Hy-Vee picking up food for the powwow, and they started harassing them. And uh, literally when they came out uh, and got into the car, uh, they tried to run the car off the road, and they were going to rape the women and, and like that. Have and things that improved since then? I mean, I'm hoping to yes, say it has. Yes, they have. Yes, they have. I mean, are, are, are Native folks still afraid, or has that because that, of... That's pretty... It depends on who you talk to. Okay. But for the most part, yes, Natives are, are here, and they're moving here. Mm-hmm. Dave Braveheart moved here. You know, he would... Uh, and stuff. Uh, Megan Schnichter is another one who has moved here has to Mankato mm-hmm. uh, and things. So, yeah, from from a point, like I said, back in the, uh, and, and I'll just put it this way, it was even worse in the 60s and 70s and things when we had a lot of other social conflict as well. Because I now that know that the powwow welcomes everyone and wants to create education of of the the history of honoring the 38 Dakota who were hanged here in the community and that sort of thing and that's sort of what it's become and more positive relations I I assume that's kind of the whole purpose uh yes this is true that when the when the powwow first started and stuff we were just hoping to get to year 38 uh and stuff and then and then as we got to year 38 of the powwow um people were remembering the other two people who were sentenced to death on that same death warrant so that's where you get the 38 plus 2 because then eventually those other two were hunted down and killed as well uh, and stuff so um, this so what happened is, is we actually we got to year 38 I know that it, there was a time when we were really uh, wondering if that was going to happen because uh, uh, people and funding was being pulled from us and things and uh, uh, luckily, we had Leonard Wabashaw as our chair at that time, and his mother and his dad, who was Chief Wabashaw, uh, uh, very much helped us out. In fact, we actually had a, a few of us, uh, uh, some pipe carriers and sun dancers, who uh, had promised that if the powwow ran out of money and we couldn't do it, that at least we would come in and do dances uh, and finish the year 38. But and eventually we did get to 38, then we got to 40, and that was the end of the of the medicine of of what we set down for the 38. So at that point, the powwow had to make a decision as to what its new direction would be, and we decided it would be education. Okay, and I know that's where Alice comes in. Alice DeYoung, you are the Volunteer Service Learning Coordinator. So Correct. what does that mean? Because it's all about the part like he said, it's a learning part. Right. Um, well, we have a couple different things going on, you know, that, that focuses on education, starting with Education Day, and that's Friday. And the sixth graders come in from um, District 77. We get funding through the district, so those kids get bussed in. And there's villages and presenters set up. And so they get to go around and they get to hear that firsthand. Um, I end up setting up um, service learning college students and volunteers to help with kind of assisting with that a little bit. Megan um, Hutmaker is the director here at MSU and at the um, uh, Indian Affairs uh, Department there. And uh, so she kind of heads that off. And so that's kind of a full day for Education Day. And then I am the one that sets up presenters 
um, Native American presenters to be able to talk to the college students and educate them on various different things. I receive funding through Prairie Lakes Regional Arts Council. And so they um, are there over the duration of the weekend. Um, we have, uh, so it's service and learning. So there's a difference between service learning and volunteering. Volunteering is they're coming in on their own free will, and they don't really have to, they don't have anything really, nobody to answer to, where your college students have to answer the, to the professors because so they're, they're doing this for a class uh, or a course, okay. um, credits probably more than likely. And um, and the, the professors are do it put put they put this in their curriculum so that these students can learn firsthand about a Native American American Indian mm -hmm. culture and traditions and what goes on here locally and all of that. Some of these college they've never been to a powwow. Some of them didn't even know what the Dakota conflict is. Um, you know, they didn't even know that there was, you know, the hanging here that took place back right. in 1862 um, down by the river. And so, you know, there's a lot of history here that follows that. So I coordinate them to do service, which they provide a service for us because we are a nonprofit. Mm -hmm. And so it is an outdoor event and we need a lot of help. <laughs> you know, I mean, we can't do it on our own. There's only so many committee members that can do so much. And we're getting up there, you know, in kind of an age thing. So sure. um, we like to have nice young people come in. And uh, so it gets them involved. And then the learning part is where they actually get to, you know, see the grand entry. They maybe can go out and dance. They can check out the food. They get to talk to the vendors. We have some wonderful vendors that come in, um, you know, that are set up uh, with uh, Jim Howling Wolf. And um, the education tent is another thing that we also have so that the students can come in and the general public can come in there and then they can learn about various different things that set up in that education tent over the duration of the weekend. So you mentioned you bring in people to talk on certain educational topics. What sorts of things are you bringing? Okay. Um, I've got um, a lady that does dream catchers. Oh, okay. And so she's, um, and, and that's really a big hit with a lot of the students. Um, I had a speaker come in and talk about um, artifacts, um, things that they have found, sacred different things within the area. Um, I have a, a man that does flint napping. Um, he makes um, arrows and he makes different things out of stone and like arrowheads what they used to call them yeah he does things like that and he does jewelry he's got his own um you know vendor there and uh i had um uh mega or megan schnichter she is one of the presenters and she talks about her herbs and how they can learn you know different medicine through the, the different herbs and plants that are all natural and so that's just a few of the ones that I've had I have come in but um, the students really learn a lot and you know they can ask questions we have a storyteller Colin um, he's really good um, he gets into all different kinds of storytelling so Okay, so so lots of things. Is it sixth grade when the kids come? I'm trying yes. to recall because my kids were yeah. part of the school district. It used to be third grade, and now it's sixth grade. Seems like they could maybe yeah. get more out of it at that, at that yeah. age. Who is coming now? Native America, is it different tribes? Is it, or who, who all comes? Uh, we have people coming from all over the world. You do? Wow. Yes. We had many years where uh, one of our committee members, Dr. Lauren Botin, used to uh, host a group of German people. 
that would come every year to the powwow and partake in it. Um, I've, I'm quite associated with the, uh, our sweat lodge here and, and what we call the Black Horse Camp uh, and stuff. And um, there have been a couple years where we've had Tibetan monks that were literally sent over by the Dalai Lama to learn about what we're doing here in Mankato in the efforts of reunification. Uh, and things. Um, we have I people know coming down from Canada. <coughs> wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and, we, and Poland, uh, mm-hmm. people coming from there. In fact, uh, 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 yeah, all over the world. And now, I also, I just wanted to let you know, I place international students too. So oh. they come in and, you know, I mean, they're from, you know, obviously all over. So, and they get a chance to learn and be involved. Are you still seeking volunteers, Alice? Just, I just want to make sure yeah, if oh, you are to let people yes. give you an opportunity to let people know if yeah. they want to help. Sure. Yep. Um, uh, right now on the Mankato website, they can just, you know, scroll over and it's going to say volunteer service learning. And then they can go down that page. There's two Google forms. Um, if they're going to be volunteering and they are not needing service learning hours, they would fill out that form. And if they're a college student and they need to do some service learning, then they would fill out that form. And then I would get that. And then I would go from there okay and that would be makato wachipi m-a-h-k-a-t-o our traditional spelling of our town and and doesn't that mean what makato is blue earth that's right blue earth and And mankato is blue skunk that's (laughs) i think you said (laughs) yes so how do you want to say it you want to be a blue skunk or do you want to be a blue earth that's kind of fun uh so as far as who's welcome to come, is it open to everyone? I know last year I thought you said the sweat lodge used to be just members, but then it was opened more for other folks. Well, no, the the Mankato sweat lodge was the first sweat lodge that opened up to the general public. Oh, it was okay. <coughs> so when Amos, o- <coughs> pardon me, when Amos Owen first came, uh, that was a part of the vision. Oh. Uh, he, like I said, there were those ten years beforehand. Well, Am- Amos went and prayed on Bear Butte a couple of different times. And he was studying under a guy by the name of Frank Foolsgrove, who actually learned from the great Black Elk and stuff. And uh, Frank Foolsgrove helped interpret the the dream. And he interpreted it that uh, uh, Mankato needed to be a place for all races. If you look at our poster, you see we have uh, the black, the red, the yellow, and the white as the colors of our four directions. Those are also kind of considered the, uh, four, uh, the four nations of, the, of our earth. We have black people, we have red people, we have people of yellow skin and people of white skin. And, uh, and so the circle itself is a bringing in of all nations. And so that's, like I say, we're, the powwow is open to all nations. If people are wanting to sweat, um, we do ask that they uh, be free of alcohol and drugs for four days before they come to sweat uh, and stuff. And, and then uh, um, all they have to do is they come down usually during the uh, uh, about <clears throat> five, six o'clock or so down to where the sweat lodge is and then start talking with a couple of the elders there and a couple of people who are hanging around. And that's when they'll find out all the stuff they need to. What is that all about? <clears throat> Why do you have a sweat lodge? Well, we're one of the only powwows I, that I know of that has a sweat lodge. Oh. And the reason <clears throat> we have it is uh, it 
that was the tradition passed down to us through Amos and, and stuff. And so that's why we're trying to keep it going is, is uh, because, again, honoring Amos Owen and, and Frank Fool's Crow's dreams of uh, a truly one-nation people. And, and stuff. So but what does it represent in terms of going into Sweat Lodge? What, you know, so people understand? The, the, uh, the equivalent in our, in uh, uh, European tradition is going to church. Okay. Okay. And do you go in and it's really hot? I mean, when you say sweat, I picture it being really hot, like a sauna or? Uh, and I've never been in rather one. cool. Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Gosh. No, the, uh, a sweat lodge, uh, there's, I know back in the 20s and 30s, they, some uh, people from down uh, in Arizona and stuff were allowing scientists to come in. I think they were working with the Hopi, uh, and they had scientists that they allowed to measure things. And they, at the beginning of the ceremony, when the rocks first come in and you pour that first water, uh, it can be about 300 to 350 in there but that doesn't last too long oh okay <laughs> it's like that, an that, oven. That, i was gonna say that only probably lasts 10 you know five to ten minutes at the most and then then it'll cool itself down to about 150. <laughs> is there a certain time that, that that happens or is that an ongoing thing at the powwow uh, yes uh, it's uh, thursday night is the sweat for the 38 okay and uh that's a that's a very sacred uh sweat for veterans uh, because the 38 were all veterans, 38 plus two, and uh, so that that one is especially for them, and we we do special things in that sweat. That's probably the hardest one to do, uh, uh, and stuff. But then we have a sweat Friday night, Saturday night, and then the final one Sunday night to kind of wrap everything up. I noticed it says a princess contest. When does that happen, and who's all involved with that, Alice? The Princess Contest, mm-hmm. that goes on on Saturday, doesn't it? So it's yep. it's folks from wherever that want to participate? Do they sign up ahead? or? Well, yes, they usually try to uh, let uh, Megan Schnichter know ahead of time okay, that so. they're coming uh, and stuff. But, uh, yes, it's uh, basically they need to come fully dressed in their regalia. They dance. Okay. Yeah. And then there's a, a questionnaire that they have to, to fill mm-hmm. out about their history and, and mm-hmm. the same things that you would you would find at a uh, uh, any pageant type pageant thing. type okay. of, a, of a thing. And then they uh, uh, at least in our uh, previously in our powwow and stuff uh, they have a tendency to look for who follows the tradition the best. Ah, Because they have to go around to the different powwows and they represent Miss Makato. Okay, so that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious, what is a moccasin tournament? I've never heard of that. I mean, there's all sorts of tournaments, cornhole tournaments and, you know, horseshoe tournaments. What is a moccasin tournament? I don't know. Well, I'm getting the look here from Alice. (laughs) I think she wants you to answer. (laughs) Um, Yeah. The moccasin game, that, that was a traditional game mm-hmm. that was played uh, with, with the natives. Uh, it, it, it was a gambling game okay. and things like that. Uh, it's uh, just to make a very short uh, explanation of it, uh, you have uh, uh, some wood and then you have three little uh, things, uh, pieces of cloth or pieces of pelts and stuff uh, that are there. And then they, they have a little stone that uh, you take, and then you 
try to while the drum is playing you get so long to go and and hide it uh, so that's kind of like you know the Jeopardy song goes through and <laughs> do, 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 do. so they're they're all trying to and then finally they you know they they leave it under one of them. So they're, they're like these pellets uh, that that are like moccasins would be made of or something. Is that yes? These and then pelts. they trade these these rod these sticks back and forth. There's long sticks and and shorter sticks. Yeah. Well, the the, the sticks actually come about because uh, that's the uh, uh, way that they. Uh, measure it now but in the old days it was you you put up your okay I I made a really nice knife so I'll I'll bet my knife Uh, and then somebody else will bet half a dozen arrows or something and and so then you would do the game that way but yeah so they they hide it under there and then when the drum stops the other team has to guess which one of the three the pebble is under ah okay and if they guess right then they win that round so, so it's just a fun thing. Does that for anybody to play that wants to be in a tournament? No, or do no our our oh. moccasin game. You have to be a part of a moccasin team. Oh, yeah. I did not know that was like a real yeah. And there's like money team. involved. It's it's a oh. it's kind of a, you know, it's like strat. There's strategy to this. Okay. You know, I mean, if you watch them, you know, it's very mesmerizing. I was one of the things that I really liked when I first started going to the powwow. Yeah. I just got kind of caught up in it, but it's a cross between a little bit of gambling and psychology and strategy and yeah and it's just a fun thing how so. can the public observe that then because that sounds kind of fun to like it's in a tent out there oh, and it, it is. can okay. come yep and it's pretty much during the whole entire day of saturday so like at the, start. at the fair they got bingo you got moccasin tournaments going on instead yeah correct correct and uh yeah and as far as when they they happen that always has to do with how many teams teams huh? that are okay. there because if we have a lot of teams, they'll actually start Friday night. Oh. But if there's a normal amount of teams, then it's it's Saturday. And uh, I did we did have one year where one team came in and just rolled over everybody. Oh. <laughs> and they literally the moccasin tournament was done three hours after it started. Oh my goodness. Uh, but most of the time it runs into Sunday. Okay. And and even if the the tournament is finished Saturday. They'll get together on Sunday just to play, and and uh, because they have enough people who are interested, and in, and if they're playing on a Sunday or so, uh, and it's a not a tournament game, um, they'll tell people and yeah, this is what this is what we're doing. This is what we're trying to do. So a lot of the guys they wear sunglasses, so you can't see their eyes, you know. So it's like you know sitting at a a, a gam, you know, like a table and yeah. stuff and like you poker know. face. Yeah, you know, and they kind of yeah they mm-hmm. have you know you have to watch them. It's kind of cool how they do that. Well, that sounds like something interesting that I hadn't heard before. The other things I want to talk about is camping. You have to sign up if you're going to camp there. Is that already over with and done? Or we're full. Okay, just wanted to We've double We've been full check. for a while. Yeah, in, okay. unless unless you want to use a tent. Oh. Um, if you if you're only using a tent, no electricity, then basically you can come as long as you've signed up beforehand or get your name on the list beforehand. And that's online too to do that. <clears throat> uh, do well, actually, you call, you go online to get the phone number of our camping yeah. person. Okay. Yeah. Uh, who is uh, Cindy Hollingwolf, okay. and uh, she then tells she's you she's in charge and lets you know what's available and what's not. So, yeah, yeah. So, but as far as like right now, uh, there's nothing except for people bringing in tents. And like I say, you do if you're going to tent over, you know, the time, you need to get your name in on that list sure. so we can have it at the gate 
and know that you're coming in. Otherwise, you'll probably get turned turned yeah. back. And food, and uh, there's plenty of food and things for people to try, and there's a lot of crafts and arts and things people can purchase, too. Is it sort of like a, a farmer's market almost, but it's Native American materials and things? Yeah, yeah. It, ours is very uh, – Jim Hollingwolf has followed the uh, the – lead of the guy who did it for many years, Rod Steiner, uh, who basically tried to make our Mankato powwow as traditional Mm -hmm. as possible. So we don't allow things that are pre, you know, Yeah, it's not a carnival. (laughs) Okay, but (laughs) it's not like the state fairy cabal kind of No, not at all. No, everything is real close to being traditional, and yeah, we want to stick to that. But there are things that people can... purchase art and things that are handcrafted a lot of handcrafted um yes a lot you know there the some of these vendors i mean this is their livelihood this is what they do so i mean there's music and you know some there's clothes and shawls and food and jewelry and all kinds of good stuff and really good food too is there Mm -hmm. any etiquette that people should know about coming to a powwow you know, if yes. you're not used to it, you don't know what to do or not do. Yes, there is an etiquette, and you can find that on org. Very good. That's wonderful to know. We have been talking with the folks who are coordinating and helping make this happen. Dan Zelski, who is the chair, and Alice D. Young, who is the service lear- volunteer service learning coordinator. And it happens to be next weekend, September 15th through the 17th, with the Education Day being Friday. So there are lots of kids that day. And is that primarily just the mainly for the kids? And then... Yeah, in the morning, there's um, two different um, um, programs. So it, one, it runs from like, what, 8.30 to like noon and then noon to, you know, when the buses sure. load up. So, okay. you know, and then there's a break and then everybody starts coming in. And then, like I said, grand entry starts at 7 o'clock. So. Okay. Yeah, and, and, and education day is is uh, only for District seventy seven right. because they pay for it. Yeah. Okay. So Saturday and Sunday, the general public is welcome to come. Yes. Are and you, Friday night. And Friday night. Yes. Anything else you want folks to know about this? Either one of you. Buttons are seven dollars. It gets you in for the weekend. That is our kind of our fundraiser to be able to keep this event up. You know, continuing on. So once you get a button, that will get you in for basically. If you get it set Friday, you'll get in all three days. So it's uh, it's um, it's cheap entertainment in a sense. And it says kids twelve and under are free. So yes. that's and the elders are too. Elder, what's an elder considered? <laughs> Uh, an elder is basically con- uh, considered. Uh, oh. An elder actually has to earn their way into it in native okay. tradition and stuff yeah. that like that. They have to be respected and so have it done isn't things. like a senior citizen that you have to be sixty five. But, but we do do that. We, oh, you do. Okay. We yeah. have changed it and made it. Oh, okay. <laughs> a little different. So yes. Yeah. Uh, usually 65. Okay. And this is also an um, an alcohol-free event. Good to know. So um, that, and we have security out there, and they monitor things on a re- regular basis. They're 24-7. Let me ask you this, because cannabis is legalized now. Is it a cannabis-free event? Because that's the kind of thing that, I know the city yes, has can, to say. Cannabis yes, cannot be, in Minnesota, can, cannabis cannot be in a public event. Okay. Right. And this is a public event, so uh, it is not allowed at our powwow either. Just so. wanted to make it sure that was yeah. clarified. And so. no weapons. Okay, good to know. Well, I want to thank you both for coming in. It sounds like a great event. I hope you get a great turnout again, and I hope the weather cooperates with you We do, too. (laughs) Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you.